When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off limit for these potty mouth foul mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no. holes barred. Hi Laura. Oh my god, I sounded so nerdy then. You, it just sounded like you. I was very, oh thanks, I was very excited. Rude weep. Very spicy. I'm a dweeb. <laughs> I look like a dweeb today. Um, feel like a dweeb. I don't know why. I feel like I've not seen your face in such a long time, and yet it was only a week ago. Why has this week been so long? It's felt for like it's just gone on forever and, and ever. We've always messaged and messaged each other pretty much every day. I know. Yeah, we've had loads oh, of. I feel like I really missed you. <laughs> I missed comms you communications. <laughs> <laughs> um how you doing what's what's going on what's happening anything exciting to report i do have something exciting to report actually off yep. the back of you oh so the cock ring yes yeah did you buy it I, obviously i bought it obviously yeah. i bought it uh it arrived toby was absolutely fucking livid with me because i wouldn't let him open it I, I was i don't know what it is i don't know what it is just just wait and i opened it i was like shit you definitely don't see that but we had sex last night oh you weren't that bothered well firstly steve had, steve had it on the wrong way round, and he said afterwards he's like oh i had it on the wrong way round." Laura. well that's why then what so the the vibrating bit was like under his balls or something no 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 as in like the 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 bobbly bit Okay. He's touching him. Yeah, I think that's wrong then. Yeah. So that's why it was a bit meh. Yeah. So so at one point I had my sonus. He had his cock ring. I mean it was <laughs> Gadget Central. I think to myself, have I overstimulated my clit so much with sex toys now that it takes, you know, basically a nuclear war weapon? To stimulate to my get clit. a reaction. Um, that could well be, you know, you could be onto something with that. Yeah. You'd think that it would only uh, entice the nerve to oh, be no. more stimulated, mm. but I think actually it's it's breaking my nerve. <laughs> yeah. My nerve is on the fucking brink. <laughs> I, I think that it definitely creates um, a resistance to the stimulation yeah. for sure. Because I'm sure it's like anything, isn't it? It's like wearing, if you didn't wear shoes, you'd get really hard feet, wouldn't you? I think you get soft feet. Why would you get soft feet? But walking on the floor with bare feet, you'd get like proper thick skin, leather soles on you. Would you? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, mine are like that anyway, and I do wear shoes. <laughs> you do wear shoes. <laughs> I need a pedicure, <laughs> big time. So yeah, the, my my result back is I think I basically have a bulletproof kit clit that is incredibly difficult to stimulate through a cock ring potentially and i'll be honest with you steve was wearing it the wrong way around steve was wearing it the wrong way around but also steve fell asleep on saturday night and it was downstairs and it was on our dining room table and i was like not oh. out in a box i was like oh i, oh, wow. a <laughs> so I did i did have a go on it on my own was that better 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, because you had it on the you had the right part on you. Yeah, it's it's very buzzy. It is very buzzy. Yeah, it's quite yeah. strong. So yeah, the, uh, I'm I'm not giving it a ten out of ten yet, mate. It's this. It's the it's the curse of the sonus, isn't it? It is a curse of the sonus. It's very. Although we don't want to talk about it anymore, but oh my that, God. that fucking thing. Fucking partnership we, we need <laughs> we need to come up with our own sonus because we i do did. believe if there are two people that know about their clitorises it's me and you well i did actually have a lot of messages off the back of the cock ring saying give give me the address where did you buy it i need it i need one so give me the address. i'm gonna yeah. drive there now <laughs> i need it immediately 20 quid as well which i think is very reasonable yes it is it's really reasonable because a vibrate is normally a bit more than that isn't it like what yeah. you're talking about so just to report back if if it doesn't work very well with your partner, give it a go without. Give it a go. Yes, it's a multi-purpose tool. I am one step off just being a single woman. <laughs> you really are. Oh, I'm kind of jealous that you've had some sort of sexy fun because, uh, yeah, on Saturday night, Rob went out and um, I went to bed really early because Edith woke up at 4.30 a.m. <gasps> on Friday. That's unspeakable. Oh my lord! She was That's, doing all right. She's still consolidating. She's still a fucking consolidating cunt. Just get over the consolidation and just so move past that phase. Yeah. So I was knackered. I went to bed at half past eight on Friday night. Oh lord! Raver, raver. And then Rob, he he fucking went to Pablo. He didn't tell me. He just literally left. So then I woke up about. Well, he woke me up probably about one o'clock, and he was standing at the end of the bed. As you can see here, there's, I'm in my bedroom today. There's quite a lot of room at the end of our bed. And he there was is. just like... It's very large room. Just doing circles, like just doing circles, like fiddling with his pants. And uh, I said, Rob, what, what are you doing? Rob, what are you doing? He's like, oh, God, go to the toilet. I was like, yeah, this isn't the bathroom, mate. And he started getting his knob out in the bar, like in the bedroom to do a piss. And I was like, Rob, Rob, you fucking dickhead. This isn't the bathroom. Go <gasps> to the bathroom. And he just was that pissed and it's still like half asleep, but he just wasn't listening to me and was about to tinkle at the end of the bed. His little winkle was going to tinkle on the brand new floor that's caught. Fucking brand new bloody car, like rug down. And um, yeah, and then he went and did a piss. So he was in the bad books on Saturday morning. It's furious, furious. And, uh, and he had a lie-in until nine o'clock. It's like, fuck you. You're dead to me. Not happy about that. Not happy no, about I'm, that. I've been so pissed off. <laughs> no sexy time for Rob this weekend. No sexy cockring time at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. The opposite. Googling <laughs> divorce. <laughs> um, I've got an icebreaker for you, actually. Oh, yes, please. Hit me. Hit me, hit me. And I feel like this week's one is so in tune with me and you okay brilliant so the icebreaker for this week is what is the most awkward moment that you have experienced that you created yourself oh my god that, that that's like do you want to just take any example from any moment well, of my i know life that there will be many <laughs> interacting with other people yeah <laughs> oh my god that's so hard i think generally my humor can be can lead to awkward sort of you know reactions because it's quite as you know it's quite extreme it's quite full on yeah um and a lot of people surprisingly thankfully not the listeners of this podcast but a lot of people don't get my humor at all i think they're massive cunts yeah well they either take it too literally because i am quite sarcastic i'd say um or they just think i'm like the most disgusting human being that they've ever met 
which they're probably not wrong. <laughs> it's weird though because it, I'm I'm on the same page. I yeah. I say something, you'd be like, <laughs> no one's laughing. Okay, I'm like <laughs> joking. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. And then you know when you do that joking, oh I'm not joking. And then they still don't laugh, and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Get me yeah. out of this hideous situation. And the thing is, to me, I keep talking. Yeah. I don't know when to just shut my fucking mouth. I think I do the opposite. When when that happens, that happens loads of times. I make a, a misplaced a misplaced joke, I think, is probably, yeah, the root cause of most of the awkward situations that I've been in. I then just go completely silent and retreat and don't say anything. And all I can think about is, you know, like, why did I just say that, man? And then that just consumes me for the rest of the evening. I quite enjoy myself. Well, I don't enjoy myself and I continue to talk. So I think I have the opposite of the experience because I'm then going, okay, I need, I've thrown the line out. Now yeah. I need to reel it in. Yeah. And it's like, no one, no, definitely no one's taken to the fucking bait. Okay. Okay. Laura, shut up now. Yeah. Just talking utter shit. It's hideous. Yeah. And I, and it will be things like, I've even been in a situation before where I was like, oh, I had I had diarrhea yesterday because it's like, you know, nobody needs to know about the fact that I had diarrhea. And especially if someone who doesn't get a poo joke, yeah, it makes it worse. And they <laughs> stare at you like you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> Have you got one example of such an occasion? What other than the most recent one where I was at the opticians and pretty much cracked onto the old, the guy. He looks so much like Donald Sutherland. He's an older guy, but I was like, oh my God, I could sit and listen to you for fucking hours. And Elliot was getting his eyes done. I was like, has anyone ever told you you're like a young Donald Sutherland? And he was like, <laughs> no, no one's ever told me that. And I was like, well, I just, just really looked like him. I was like, I'm not hitting on you. He was like, no. Don't think you were. And it, it just got so fucking cringe. And Elliot's just sat in the seat like... Yeah, what was what, Elliot doing? Elliot was just sat there silently, like absorbing all of this awkward <laughs> tension. I was like, oh, you know, like you, you even sound like him. Seriously, like you look like a lot younger version because obviously older Donald Sutherland, he's like fucking 95 now. So you don't look rough like that because you're clearly still working anyway. So you can't be at retirement age. And he's just staring at me like, what the fuck is coming out of her mouth? And then the worst thing is I went downstairs and Elliot's like trying on these glasses to get his prescription right. And then I said to the fucking guy that, w- that was helping us, I went, do you not think he looks like a young Donald Sutherland? And he was like, no. I said, I said, has anyone ever said that? And he went, no. I was like, okay, great, good. It was horrific. But that's me. I just won't shut my fucking mouth. Oh, I love it. That's brilliant. You well, go with your Idris Elba. This was less about um, me talking shit. And it was, more, I think maybe actually a lot of the time it's my behavior. Like I've become really <laughs> sort of like clumsy yeah. and just a bit flappy when I've um when I'm feeling nervous and I just talk utter nonsense as well I can't string a sentence together even did it yesterday I went around to my friend's house and she had like a couple of mates around for a little brunch thing with the kids and blah 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 and like for the first hour I just felt awkward and just the stuff that was coming out of my mouth I was like that doesn't even make any sense <laughs> until I like <laughs> relaxed into it and then it was okay but you know when you just put words in the wrong order <laughs> Uh, yeah okay so I went to Argos in fact it was a heat wave that's why I was at Argos so it was absolutely roasting hot don't do well in the heat I was a sweaty mess anyway Edith was probably about three months old so breastfeeding like every 30 seconds went to Argos to buy a fan and uh, had to feed her sat you know at collection point a um, feeding her 
And then this fan came out and it was fucking huge. And then there was this guy in front of me who I'd already noticed. FYI, I'm like, did oh he work my, in our yeah. boss? No, no, no. He was just another. Oh my god! And um, the shoulders, the muscles, the arm definition. He was just a haddie. And uh, he turned around and like looked directly at me when the guy brought the fan over. And obviously, I'm there, my tit out, like, just like dripping with sweat. Um, and uh, Edith just like, and then uh, he said, would you like me to take that to your car? And uh, without really thinking, I was in the middle of a feed, rather than going, yeah, I'm just going to finish feeding the baby. That would be amazing. I just went, yeah, sure, let's go. And so like got up, still trying to feed Edith. And he sort of walked next to me and he was just so good looking, looked exactly like Idris Elba, just fit, fit, fit. And um, what I hadn't noticed because I was just talking absolute gibberish to him, um, my tit had come out of her mouth <laughs> and was just hanging out. In, and in fact, I had like a strappy top on like this because it's so hot. So I just had a whole tit out walking across the car park. And With a is, child desperately yeah, trying to reattach like, the nipple. <laughs> she was so little. At that point, she was still doing that mad routine thing yeah. that they do. So she was like Stevie Wonder doing a number. <laughs> just trying to find my fucking tit. <laughs> And um, then he got me to the car and I sort of like, ha, 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 look, ha, look, see, ha, 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 ha. Like tucked my areola back in, um, sweating even more at this point from just the sheer anxiety. And then I said something really weird to him. Like, I'm pretty sure that I said, why, thank you, kind sir. I said something like that to say good morrow. You know, like, it was so fucking weird what I said. It's like, I've never, ever signed off. A goodbye to anybody like that but he just filled me with such nervousness and yeah, sexual excitement I, 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 I want to meet him oh gosh he was gorgeous I bet I bet he was like a pediatric surgeon as yeah, well probably. like oh yeah. my god and he just sauntered off into yeah. the distance with these beautiful biceps and uh left me in the car park like <laughs> yeah, yeah, rooting baby shooting milk me <laughs> <laughs> So that was pretty awkward. I didn't really create that situation though. That just kind of, you know. Well, I'd say you did create it. upon me. <laughs> did I? Because you were there. <laughs> and okay, your level yeah. of awkwardness was just like, no, it's fine. I will, I will soldier on through this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he remembers me. Do you know what I mean? But if I had as much of an impact on him as he's probably like, God, remember that mental redhead woman that I tried yeah, to Yeah, I know. But the thing is, he obviously felt connected to you because he made direct eye contact. Oh my God, there's something so sexy about that, isn't there? It was that, or he was trying not to be pervy and look at my tits because they were out as I was breastfeeding. But he got an eyeful of them anyway. So either way, what a man. 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 You know what, very quick, because obviously I know we're not going to talk about our awkward uh, social anxiety for the whole episode, but which we could for the whole episode. Yeah, definitely. I had a lump in my boob and I had to go over to hospital to get it checked a couple of years ago. And there was, I think he was Italian. I can't remember what his, um, his name was like Carluccio or something like that. Anyway, and he's, oh, Vic, he didn't even fucking do his whole shirt up. Like he had oh, yes. his shirt undone down to his navel. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, and he had the big old fucking wide collared shirt on. To be honest with you on reflection, I think slightly arrogant to be fair. Right. And I got called through and I I was praying for the old consultant, like the old, but I didn't, I got him and I was just like, 
Oh my God. And before he said, right, okay, I need you to take your top off. There was obviously a female lady there. And before he took my top off, I was like, okay, I just need to get this out here. I was like, you're really fit. And I'm finding that really difficult to cope with because you're about to see my tits. And I'm really worried about the fact that my tits aren't, I basically live up to your expectations. And he was like, <laughs> he just stared at me like, okay. And we're like, please, to your expectations. please just go and lay down on the bed. It will be fine. I uh, I do this all the time. I am attractive. I I, I know I'm really hot. <laughs> so I like took my bra off and like, I was laying there and he came in and I don't even know why. But as soon as he got close to me and his dick was so close to me and I like moved my elbow and I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I've just rubbed your penis. And he was like, no, you're fine. Don't worry. It's all right. It was as horrifically awkward as you think it was to the point there that when we left the fucking room, the woman who was there that obviously has to like be part of it all, she put her arm on my shoulder and she went, it's all right, sweetheart. Lots of people experience this with him. And I was like, I feel like such a dick. I told him I was touching his penis. I told him my boobs weren't going to live up to his expectation. Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut? It's like a date, basically. That was like a first date. Can you imagine me dating? It would be awful. (laughs) Oh my god! I mean, that kind of shit—that's what they need to put on first date. Someone like you. Oh, it would be awful. I would be so. If they were to put me in a dating situation, I genuinely think you can make a whole hour out of that. (laughs) I would be awful. Oh, see, I've actually—I've got a really good, strong flirt game. I can flirt pretty well. I think I can, but I can't because as soon as whatever comes out of my mouth, it's it's exactly what you think in your head, but you don't vocalise. Uh, so yeah, to sum up, we have multiple awkward situations, don't we, Vic? Which is yeah. probably why we're such good mates. And it seems that attractive men really um, accelerate the awkwardness for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're fit, don't talk to me. Don't I, talk I, I to did me. actually have a little bit of that when I met Rob because yeah, I, when I initially walked into the place where I met him I thought he was so good looking that I found it really hard to like even give him eye contact and was just a bit like like, (laughs) love at first sight yeah was and was very handsome and he loves a very low down unbuttoned shirt than the old Casanova of it (laughs) with his uh 20 rings (laughs) and his 35 necklaces (laughs) um so did you know? No, I didn't. This is a bit, I can't really say, did you know? Let me ask you, in a, I'm going to phrase it differently. Yeah. Have you ever wondered why witches are depicted as riding on brooms? No. <laughs> <laughs> I the think ch- you need a jingle for this. I know, I need to write one, but it's just one, it's another one of those things, anyway. It? It's like, can't be fucking bothered. Something fucking else to do. Instagram yeah. alone is a full-time job and then everything else on top of it. Anyway, I'll do one now. Um, so have you ever wondered, especially on Halloween, why witches are depicted as riding on brims for the nighttime sky? The truth lies in science. This is what it says. The historical depiction of witches riding broomsticks has its origins in hallucinogenic plant pharmacology, as popularised by Shakespeare, which would be from Macbeth, right, with the three witches. Yeah. Three? Yeah, three. Um, Yeah, what do they say? Hoyle, boil, toil and trouble. No, isn't that from uh, Ben Robson Broomstick? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so hallucinogenic chemicals called tropan alkaloids... 
the fact that you even pronounce that. I know. They're, so it's made by a number of plants. So this is all drugs that you can take that are naturally just grown. So back in the old medieval days, when you Jumping couldn't really go on a leaf. <laughs> yeah, to your like local dealer and be like, hey, Barry, got any pills going out tonight? You just have to find some um, deadly nightshade or some such other plant. Um, so... Uh, during the Middle Ages, parts of these plants were used to make brews, ointments, or witches' cells for witchcraft, sorcery, and other nefarious activities. That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very grown-up word. So somewhere along the line, the observation has been was made that the hallucinogenic compounds could be absorbed through sweat glands in the armpit or via the mucous membranes of the rectum or vaginal area. So they basically shoved leaves up their vagina and bum hole to get high. Yeah, to get high. Although I know that they did, isn't, wasn't it Joanna Lumley that stuck speed up her ass or cocaine? Debbie Harry had it blown up her ass. But with um, a hoover. <laughs> yeah, hoovers don't blow. Oh no, they suck. <laughs> No, back. like literally just make a little pipe. Henry. Like, like a little bit like that Irish flute that someone masturbated with last week. You can put it in that and, do, 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 and blow it up there. <laughs> like a spitball. Puff the magic dragon. That's Puff like up the, the bum. Magic dragon. Debbie Harry had it. Blown up a bum. Who goes, I'll blow up your ass. Steve would. Love um, him. Are you joking? Debbie Harry's probably one of the fittest women that's ever existed. Back in her heyday. Oh, large. She was someone else. I would have done it. She's not mine. I mean, I'll do it now. Debbie, really? if you're interested. Debs, <laughs> call me. <laughs> call me. Um, as always, I mean, how many times do I have to reference my hemorrhoid-laden arsehole? But ain't happening to me. No, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not laden with hemorrhoids, but I just can't bear the thought of a, you know, McDonald's straw being shoved up my ass and a whole load of cocaine being blown up it. What would that feel like? It oh, feels so strange when like blowing up your bum. Yeah. Mm, gross. Anyway, so that's what they did. They basically, they wouldn't eat it or drink it. They would use the broomstick to sometimes sort of like mix up the mixture with the end of the broom and then um, put that up their vag, mainly their vag rather than their, their bum hole. But apparently what it does is it bypasses your intestines and then it's absorbed into your bloodstream quite quickly. Okay. So with a lot of like natural drugs, you can get really bad stomach ache because um, obviously there's toxins and stuff in it. But that way you sort of bypass having the tummy ache. So wow. pretty, you know, your vagina. nifty way to consume <laughs> deadly nightshade. Where, where, where do you even pick deadly nightshade? I, I, I guess in the forest. I would be dead within minutes. <laughs> I would be dead. Like <laughs> if, if, it, if I had to forage, I would basically live off of blackberries, which only grow once a year, <laughs> and grass. I wouldn't know, like mushrooms. I, you know, I'd be foaming at the mouth within twenty-five minutes and dead within thirty. Mate, we we can't actually eat grass because we can't process the. Um, oh shit! Yeah, isn't it? You something got bladder. It? Yeah, something that or the appendix. That is, that's Maybe. redundant now from when we yeah. used to eat grass. So, hey, there you know we go. Who else told me that? Who? Factless Steve. <laughs> Factless, he isn't factless. He's full of fucking fact. Oh, Rob knows loads of facts, and he always Random. hits me with I'm Like, how do you know that? Yeah, it's the most pointless piece of like, information. Um, slow worm. <laughs> I said, I was like, oh, they're like snakes, and Steve's like, actually, they're just legless lizards. I was like, fuck off, Steve. Are they a legless lizard? They are a legless lizard. 
Who knew that even existed? I Googled it. I got home. I was like, fucking Lego Slezzy. Yeah, Googled it out of rage. What bullshit. And I Googled it. I was like, how do you know this? He's like, I don't know. I just do. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I feel, why can't, and I do, I mean, I'm going to generalise here, but why can't men apply that capacity for useless facts and apply it to real life scenarios? Like noticing when the fucking washing basket is overflowing and putting a wash on. That would be so much more convenient. And useful. Apply that to everyday fucking use. Probably wondering, probably wondering, Laura. Not, but yeah, okay. did they apply such ointments? So this is one of the, this is uh, from a document from 1324. Wow, right? wow. that's old. old it was, uh, they were investigating, because, you know, witches were like, just burnt at the stake, weren't they? Anyone's like, oh, look, she's got an opinion. Witch, witch. And all they were doing is trying to get off of themselves. Yeah, I know. Witches sound pretty cool. They like to masturbate. They took drugs. They were free spirits. I probably would have been a witch in ye olden days. Oh, definitely. um, This is from the, so they were investigating Lady Alice Keitler. And this is what is, this is what was in, like put into the entry. So In rifling the closet of the lady, they found a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin. (laughs) That actually sounds like a fucking Julia Donaldson book. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's she where she gets it all staffeth. from. Yeah, exactly. She taketh the staffeth, grease it up with the deadly nightshade, and shove it up her nun. That's essentially what that's saying. And then she ran through the forest with it. So. With it still in her, none. <laughs> still with it, and that's why I think it's Good the Lord. illusion of them on the broomsticks, like flying. Well, I'm on just the desperately trying to figure out how the fuck she ran with a broom up her vag. Mm, yeah, I know angles and everything, isn't it? It's amazing the, the desperation us women go to just to get off, isn't it? Uh, so if you look at a lot of artwork that depict witches, a lot of time the witches are half naked, astride broomsticks. Because they got the fucking broom up their pajana. That's and why. because they are rubbing their clitoris with it. And then uh, that particular type of drug that it was the tropane alkaloid hallucinogens. Um, they evoked dreams about flying. So oh. that's the connection. So maybe if you weren't quite, you know, if you were off your head and you thought you were flying, you're like, "Wait, look at me, wait, I'm on this broomstick, wait, flying." For the first time ever, Vic, I have to question what the fuck you googled to come to that <laughs> conclusion of like, I know what I'm going to talk about this week. Why witches are known to fly on brooms? <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I looked, I searched for interesting historical sex facts oh well there you go <laughs> found some um really really interesting ones actually there was another one that said that uh the ancient greeks used crocodile dung as a spermicide they must have had such horrific infections mate that's gonna kill the fucking mood let alone the sperm kill the mood yeah <laughs> I can smell something that smells like shit. Don't worry about it. It'll get me pregnant. I can't even imagine what a crocodile... Oh, wait, is that contraception, a spermicide? Yeah, spermicide to kill it. The opposite. Because it was alkaline or acid. I think it was was acid. Because sperm's really alkaline, isn't it? Yeah. What's our vagina alkaline? And sperm is... Yeah, that's why we stain our pants, isn't it? Is it? Because it's alkaline and bleachy. Yeah, bleachy. Or is it acid? I don't know. I'm I'm making it as if I know. I haven't got a fucking clue. (laughs) Don't take any of this for what we've just talked about. That's right, yeah. No, we don't know a fucking thing. We don't know a fucking thing. (laughs) All right, I've got a little story for you, Laura. Hit me. Yeah, again, she she starts with, firstly, I bloody love you. Oh, Mm, thanks, babes. 
Uh, when I was expecting my daughter a few years ago, I experienced all sorts of unpleasant fanny problems associated with being up the duff, cystitis, piles and thrush. This kept my colleagues on their toes when I was at work, as I often went to the loo to sort out whatever discomfort I was in. One particular day, I had a rather nasty bout of thrush causing all sorts of foo fiddling and on inspection the loo, my knickers were not what they once were. <laughs> I removed them, slipped them into a carry bag on the coat pegs in the loo and went out for my lunch break to buy a new pack, which I put on as soon as I got back. Fast forward to a few months after giving birth, all is lovely and joyous and I raged to go back into work to show my squishy new babe to my colleagues. While they were all cooing and eyeing over her, my boss sidled over to me and gave me a little parcel in a carry bag. Oh, I thought, that's nice, a little gift, but they they could have wrapped it for me. We found these in the bag in the downstairs, Lou. I think they might be yours. My mind was racing. What could it be? A gift handed in from a customer who knew I was expecting a lovely pair of knitted booties. (laughs) Thank God I opened them in the privacy of my own car. Of course, they were my gammy thrush-riddled knickers, which had been festering away for months in a plastic bag. I have no idea who the poor sod was who decided to rummage through that carrier bag in the tidying up mission, open it to discover what can be only described as a cottage cheese-soaked pair of granny briefs. Oh, God. The blood drained from my body when I realised what they were. Safe to say, I didn't go back after maternity leave and got another job far away. Oh, no way. She let... Oh, I would. That's... Do you reckon? It's, it's the fact that someone opened... It, it, it's not so much that, oh, you left a bag here because you could then get away with the fact that, oh, okay, that could be anything. Yeah. But the fact they know... If she knows. They oh, but wouldn't it. you... for Just for her dignity, wouldn't you just chuck no. them in the bin? Yeah, because who's going to be like, oh, thank God, these are my Nana's pants. Like, I kept these and I've worn them. Yeah, these are like a family heirloom. Yeah, heirloom. <laughs> heirloom. <laughs> They've been passed down from one thrushing generation to the next. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to miss a pair of pants that much. No. No, it's just mortifying. I feel like they were making a point by passing that. 100% almost like trying to embarrass her or something. Bastards. I wouldn't have gone back. I would not have gone back. Did you have an, did you experience anything like that when you were pregnant with your lady garden? Mine, mine got very bulbous. Yeah, huge. I thought I had thrush a couple of times, but I didn't. I just think it was just a general, like, you know, heaviness of my vagina. It's because it's just about. 30 more pints of blood pumping to it, isn't there? Yeah. There's all sorts of mad shit that can happen to your fanny when you're pregnant. I had piles. I had after I had both of them. Yeah. That happened because, you know, fucking 36 hours of labour with a nine pound three baby, that's going to happen. I don't understand how someone wouldn't get piles from pushing that baby out. They're lying if they said they've never had them. (laughs) They are lying. Lying bastards! Yeah, fucking liars! It's just it's, it just seems like physically impossible. Uh, you can um, get thrush and cystitis loads more when you're pregnant. I did get cystitis quite a bit. I think it was the first time round, um, but you know you can get a varicose vein in your vulva. I think I genuinely think that's what I had. I don't you know anymore. So it probably isn't because I think varicose veins are permanent, aren't they? Mm, I'm not sure. There might be something that I had can a go away. Bulging vein. Did you? Yeah. Was it really painful? No. It could still have been that. They don't necessarily have to be painful, do they? But that is a thing, like proper varicose vein minge. Doesn't it just, I mean, to any pregnant women out there right now listening to this, I'm so sorry to say this, but I'm so fucking pleased I'm not you. (laughs) (laughs) You have got to come. (laughs) Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Oh, it's shit. It's so shit. Let's put it out there. It's fucking shit. 
pregnancy is rubbish and then the early part of having a baby like the amount of people that i'd speak to they'd be like oh my god i just love it and i'm like what 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 are you talking about i can't wait to have a newborn again you can't wait to have your eyes so fucking so so tired they feel like they've dried out (laughs) every time you blink it hurts it's awful and things like as well as no one talks about it's like the amount that you sweat as well did you yeah yeah with toby horrific i thought i had an infection i was pouring with sweat in the middle of the night palms were just permanently soggy yeah um and then obviously the piles the piles are horrific mate just pregnancy really just in general it's just a hard slog is it not it's a hard slog because i think people do it every single day like people are giving birth right now they are literally popping kids out all around the world and i think for that reason the experience is completely devalued because it's like what everybody's doing is get the fuck over it and it's like actually no what why should we yeah it's like this really joyous amazing moment that we've worked really hard for and some women work really fucking hard to get there and you know then there's some women that don't even get to do it and like then that shit experience of wanting to so there's a lot that women go through and we never are really allowed to just kind of be celebrated for how amazing we are for it. Uh, we don't really talk about it enough, but I don't think we talk about it's either. You have like really extreme horror stories, don't you? Yeah. Or you have um, the opposite where it's like, Oh my God, everything's so perfect. Look at me and my naked photo shit. And then, and then that's yeah. pregnant. And there's not much in between where it's kind of like, actually it is a bit shit, but yeah. there are good sides to it. But there it's is good size to it. Otherwise, know. we wouldn't have had two kids. Let's be honest. No. If it was that fucking awful, we wouldn't have gone on to have our second. Granted, I'd had a breakdown every single time <laughs> and then I had a breakdown over COVID, but you know, it was worth it. All brought on by my children. Thank God. I love them. They're so precious. They are. And, and that's the mental thing, isn't it? It's like the trauma that I have gone through to have those fucking kids mentally, I would do it. just for them because I love them that much like that's how nuts your love for your children is oh no it's um it's all consuming is it not Mm. um this leads in very nicely then to our agony aunt question this week so she says hello ladies I'm absolutely obsessed with the podcast it brings a little bit of sunshine to my day every week despite being the queen of the awkward social interactions I don't really have a story to tell so I thought I'd reach out to you for some agony aunt advice I hope I'm not too much of a Debbie Downer never too much of a Debbie Downer around these parts My whole life, I've never known what I wanted to do as a job or passion, but I always knew that I wanted to be a mum. I'd always been the one who kids gravitated towards, and as a teenager, I was the village babysitter who everyone called upon. After careful planning, I welcomed my son in the middle of 2020. Since then, it has become painfully obvious that I'm not the mum I thought I was destined to be. Don't get me wrong, I knew it wasn't going to be easy and I knew there would be good and bad days, but I genuinely thought that since I had nothing else I was particularly gifted at, this would be the one thing that suited me. I don't know any other new mums as COVID stole a whole lot of special moments for us, including any baby groups, but a few friends are slightly older kids and they've all said that everyone feels like this and you're doing a great job. But no one has actually been able to offer any advice or made me feel any better about motherhood. Hmm. I just feel like I've lost myself. And although I love my boy to the end of the earth, I, can, I can't get over the disappointment of how I'd expected it all to go. 
I know COVID is somewhat to blame here. Even so, I didn't know I wouldn't recognise myself after having a baby, both inside and out. The old me might well have been destined to be a mum, but new me is not. How do I keep a positive mindset and not keep comparing my current situation with the mum I had visioned to be? Oh, bless her. Fucking hell, all I can say to any parent who has welcomed a child in the last 18 months is you are doing... Far fucking better than I would. I can't imagine having a child during COVID. No, it's it's been such an incredibly trying time anyway. But to not have mm. any community around you and family and friends so to support you, just, or even have a fucking partner hell. that's allowed into hospital with you because you know we're not going to go there though, are we, Vic? I'm not. I'm not even going to open that can of worms. <laughs> no. That 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 email basically. I can totally relate to everything that she's saying. Oh my 100%. god, percent Yeah. Because that's exactly how I felt. I I well, I thought I was good at things. <laughs> Not that part. Um I didn't think that motherhood was going to be like my main calling in life, but I certainly always considered it to be one of the most sort of significant things I suppose that I would ever do. Mm. And it has been, but I'm definitely not the mum that I thought that I would be. And I'm definitely, motherhood is definitely not what I expected it to be in any way, shape or form. I don't think there's anything about it that I thought would be the way that it is. And everything that I thought it would be, other than like the unconditional love, that is definitely there. And loving someone so much that it's like, you would actually literally kill for this child. Yeah. But just the experience of motherhood, it is just one punch to the vag after another. It is. Do you know what I mean? It's like repeated bouts of thrush that you can't keep under control. No. Just when you think you're on the cusp of a breakthrough and it getting better, you get smacked with some more. Just that and it, it, It's it, ever evolving, it, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I was a really smug wanker before I had kids. I genu- I mean, I was 26 when I had Elliot, so I think I was quite young, really. Um but I, I thought I just knew. I just genuinely thought I knew what I was doing. And I knew that when I'd go into motherhood, yeah, it's going to be tiring. I know it's going to be hard, but like this will be the beginning of something amazing. And then within, I don't know, around 45 minutes in, I was like, fucking hell, this is so shit. 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, laying there basically in my own blood, piss and shit. Yeah with a baby that's just absolutely ruined and annihilated my vagina with his massive head. Yeah. And and I've got to try and care for him. And there is literally zero fucks that anybody's going to give about it. And, and you, I don't, I think you're constantly worried about voicing that because the fear is someone's going to turn around to you and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I don't feel that way about my kids. And there will be a cunt out there that, that will do that. But I do, I do genuinely think they're fucking liars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you can't find it challenging when you no. are looking after, especially in the early years, like what well, Edith's two and a bit. So draining. Oliver's four. Edith is in, she's just such hard work. And she really, out of my, you know, out of the two of them, she's, she's just very, where her tantrums are next level. I find that really hard to cope with. 
um, because she just loses her shit on like another mm-hmm. level compared to the way that Oliver ever tantrum. Mate, I just want to tell you, I'm five years into that second kid, and it is definitely not easing off. No, but like on Saturday, horrific tantrum. Yeah, on Saturday. Oh no, yesterday when we were about to go around to my friend's house, which we I was trying to get him ready. And just the simple act of getting her shoes on, just, just, it just like spiraled out of control over the space of about 10 minutes to her, just like blood curdling, like, like screaming so much and not letting me help her and throwing her shoes. And in the end, it, I just had to get out of the room and I just yeah. walked away and I went and stood in the garden and I had to calm myself down. And that scenario is not what I fucking thought that I would be yeah. like I thought I'd yeah. be so calm all the time I honestly thought I'd be Mary Poppins yeah and, uh, I really thought I would just be spoonful of sugar and I'm more like get the fuck to sleep or you, you know it's uh, it's just a really overwhelming experience and your expectations versus the reality is 99% based on the overly unrealistic images that we all portray at times on social media because yeah. then that next person goes oh my god that's what my life's going to be like when I have a kid they have a kid and they go fucking hell this is so shit and then they have a good moment and they upload a good moment and then it's just a vicious cycle I just don't think enough of us are really honest about parenting no so because it's shameful yeah and you are you are made to feel like you're not a good enough mother if you do voice any differing opinion than the oh you're motherhood is amazing if you speak up you're a weak woman if you if you dare to admit what we're all thinking yeah like you shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to have kids if that's the case and all yeah, that shit it's like fuck it's off so toxic you're, you're allowed to have a shit time that's the bottom line yeah. and everything in life you like can this have whole mum of the year award i mean oh. i'm not bitter about the fact that i've never been nominated for it but it's like this asshole opinion that if you're squeaky clean and look like the fucking sunshine's out of your arse. You're considered the best mum of the year, and it's like, no, that's horseshit. You know, we all have we all have to be a certain way, and then when that's all over, fucking Hello magazine and Heat magazine, whatever fucking magazines are out there, it then dulls down your experience because then those people are looking shiny and fucking photoshopped and talking about how easy they find motherhood yeah and you're like oh my god what's wrong with me there's nothing wrong with you you are you really are just like every other parent trying to get through yeah but that's why it's really important to have voices that are more honest and more truthful like yeah it's about fucking like yours aura like yours and yours and mine and And, uh as much sick as we get for it I think of exactly that. Of like, you don't deserve to have children. You're a terrible mother, blah, blah, blah. Fuck off, mate. Fuck off, Brenda. Yeah. No, you're you're a fucking terrible mother for feeling like you have to spend 12 hours on the fucking internet slagging other people <laughs> off. Go look after your kids, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so what, like, actual tangible advice can we give to this this lady? Uh, my, my tangible advice is, which isn't really advice, but it is love yourself and know that you uh, sounds so fucking wanky, doesn't it? But really connect with the fact that you aren't alone and you're going through something that so many people are struggling with right now. Yeah. And we all are on, like, on a daily basis and it mm. fluctuates, doesn't it? Mother? It so isolating. It really doesn't. I think not having people to talk to about that. She mm. said she's not been able to make like the mum friends or whatever. You know what? That is part of the motivation of going online 
and talking about this stuff, motherhood and how hard it is, whatever. And for me, was that I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it, and I was quite alone and isolated. And it that became a community very quickly where I yeah. felt less alone. It's exactly the same for me, Vic. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, I'd had a Toby. I was trying so hard to reach out in different ways to people just to feel connected and less alone, and just wanting to speak more openly because I felt like I couldn't probably do it bravely around the people that were around me at the time yeah and you know obviously what came back were people going yeah that's actually, how I, I feel. feel the same way too yeah I'd say Thank that for, for me that's definitely been a huge help on my motherhood journey is being able to share it all with yeah people on the internet it's weird isn't it it's kind of weird when you think about it it has a it can have a real positive impact it's just you have to you have to focus on the positivity of doing it and also you know we are coming out of covid now so hopefully that experience will change for her and she'll have more opportunities to kind of be part of a community of women who are i can guarantee especially if their children are the same age, going through that same struggle as she is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and her little one must be one, right? Because she's born in 2020. Yeah. So, you know what? She sat, I'd almost peg it down to the fact she sounds like my friend. To the point where I'm like, is it her? So even down to just one other person I know that had a baby last year who is feeling exactly the same as she is and has gone through that experience of previously just being the, the woman that other children gravitate towards. Do you know what as well? Because I just think, I mean, I spent 90% of my maternity leave um, at a retail park. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, what can I do this afternoon? I need to kill some time. She just wanted to get out of the house and like not just yeah. be stuck indoors on your own. And if her partner has gone back to work and actually like gone back to work, and physically gone back to work, oh, my life, that would just be so isolating to just be at yeah. home on your own with a baby all day, every day. That is not going to be good for anyone's mental health. No. At all. I mean, the positive mindset thing, I think, especially as part of your recovery of your of your latest breakdown, um, you've been doing that, haven't you? You've been, you've been learning how to keep a positive mindset and it's become sort of like a part of your daily... It's part of my daily routine yeah. now, yeah. So before I get out of bed, that's what I do. Or if I've not had time and I'm rushing a little bit, then it's part of like my inner psyche now. Um, and the other thing that I do, thanks to Jada Pinkett Smith, um, is I hug myself, which I know sounds like proper new age, let's go hug a tree. But I hug myself. And I tell myself, like, I really love you. You're amazing. You're so strong. And I say it all out loud. And like the positive affirmations, I can honestly say seven, eight months ago, if someone had said to me, try it, I would have laughed at them and thought, you fucking lunatic. And now I cannot... I cannot stress enough how powerful that has been for my recovery and like the longevity of my recovery as well. Cause I've never inwardly spoken to myself like that. I've invariably spoken to myself inwardly quite negatively yeah. over analyzed, over criticized myself for not being a good enough mum, or I didn't do this right. And focusing on the things that I fucked up on rather than focusing on my successes. Um, and so that's like a really powerful thing. I think that all women especially because predominantly we are put down and made to feel inferior failures yeah. and we're not often sort of celebrated for our successes. So, so positive affirmations, yeah. meditation. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But then I think that part of positive affirmation, I think there's an element of that that does become Quite almost a bit of meditation yeah, because you're having to hone in on your inner voice and just 
tell yourself and believe and it's, there's no point in saying I love myself uh, I'm worthy if you don't believe it you have to start with the things that you believe but then saying that though you might not believe it at first and you just have you do have to like, say it yeah I mean from my point of view whenever I would say the things that I didn't believe so if I was like you know I love who I am if I was saying that to myself I'd get horrific anxiety because I just knew I didn't believe it so I started off with stupid shit like I you know I brushed my hair today or I did a really good job of brushing my teeth I know that sounds so petty but when you feel that worthless about yourself you do have to start from the bottom and you have to it's it's self investment and it's not going to work after two hours you've got to keep on it you know it's a practice isn't it I think really it is a practice and I think when you haven't done it and you're starting at the bottom which I have it feels like such a long road but it's the best thing I could ever suggest anyone do. Well, I think that's excellent advice, basically. And if you wanted any ideas then for positive affirmations to say, you can just look online. There's loads of stuff on Pinterest. Yeah, there's loads of stuff. And like a list of things to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, and it's not just about the big stuff. It's like, I'm really grateful for the fact that I've got an oven. Yeah. I'm grateful for the fact that I've got flour in the cupboard and I might make a cake. Or, you know, like all of these really simple things or make a gratitude list of motherhood, whatever whatever it might be, just work on it. Yeah. You know, it's really, really valuable. Should we, should we make one up now for a great a gratitude statement for motherhood? Go. Okay, so I do one, you do one, yeah? yeah? All right. So, um, oh, fucking hell, this is going to be tough. I'm not <laughs> digging deep. Um, <laughs> uh, my, uh, I've lost my need to shave as often. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I've let go of that. Um, I've accepted my body more. Yeah. Than I ever oh, my that's a life. good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. Even um, though FYI, it looks the shittest that it's ever <laughs> I accept it now. I accept that I will always have dark eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I have a full night's sleep, it feels like the best day of my life when my kid says he loves me it feels worth it <laughs> that's a good one isn't yeah, it yeah that's sweet um well i've run out i still do <laughs> yeah fuck it let's round up our kids are cunts we get pissed off with them we lose our shit sometimes we have to walk away scream in the back garden that doesn't make us bad people no and at the end of the day human. we love them and that is the important thing yeah, there we go. Just take Whoa, each day. God, that was heavy, right? That, that was, was heavy, man. Heavy. Oof, oof. But that's what we love about this podcast is that we can flip between clip chat and then the more serious things like how shit motherhood really is. And the only reason why we have all of this shit is because you keep sending an arm in. So (laughs) (laughs) that leads me quite nicely onto if you would like to send us any stories, agony aunts, questions, anything like that, that you wouldn't share with anyone else. Uh, We have completely turned back on ourselves, haven't we, (laughs) Fit? And we will now say that you can, because it's just fucking easier, you can either send them on Instagram and you can find them on Instagram at noholesbarredpodcast. Um, and you can DM them to us or what else can they do Vic? You can email them to noholesbardpodcast at gmail.com and always rate and subscribe. Slags. Laura did such a unimpressed eye roll then. 
<laughs> it was a heavy eye roll, wasn't it? Back in hell, still banging <laughs> that bloody drum. And uh, yeah, look forward to reading more filth and trying to solve your life problems. It's been a joy. It has been a joy. Always is a joy. I love seeing your face. I love hearing your voice. You are just the best. Now I'm feeling mutual. So until next week's lags. Yep. See you next Tuesday. Ta-ta, ta-ta. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.